1 Corinthians chapter number 15. If you found it and you're able to, let's stand together and we'll begin reading in verse number 20. 1 Corinthians 15, verse number 20, and we're going to read down through verse number 26. Verse number 20, the Apostle Paul says this, But now is Christ risen from the dead and become the firstfruits of them that slept. For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. But every man in his order, Christ the firstfruits, afterward they that are Christ's at his coming. Then cometh the end, when he shall have delivered up the kingdom to God, even the Father, when he shall have put down all rule and all authority and power. For he must reign till he hath put all enemies under his feet. The last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. Isn't that a great verse right there? And uh, the last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. And I'm so thankful for it. I was burdened last week. There was so much more that needed to be preached uh, last week. Uh, dealing with Easter and the resurrection of Christ, that I wanted to come back on this subject matter of the resurrection and preach on this matter right now. Easter was just the beginning. Easter was just the beginning. You say, what do you mean? Well, we'll get into that here in the scriptures in just a moment. Let's pray, and then you can be seated. Father, we love you. Lord, thank you so much for the week that you've given to us. Thank you for the privilege to be able to gather together this morning in the house of God. Lord, thank you for the Sunday school hour, the connection groups that we've been able to have, how you've encouraged our hearts. Lord, you've taught us some things from the Word of God. And Lord, as we look forward to this service and now to what I believe is the most important time, Lord, not because I'm speaking, but because our Bibles are opened. And we're looking forward to hearing the message that you have for each and every one of us. Lord, would you please speak to hearts, Lord, in this service and then in the service to follow. And uh, Lord, most of all, would you keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. And Lord, may we see you and worship you like never before. And we'll thank you for it now in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Last week we had such a wonderful time. If you were able to be here, we gathered for sunrise down at the Capitol, had a tremendous time to be able to worship the Lord, to be able to remember His resurrection, to be able to gather here at the church, be able to hear the choir sing, to be able to hear the group sing special music, and then for the Word of God to be opened and for us to be able to worship the Lord through the scriptures and remembering the resurrection of Christ, believing the resurrection. And I'm so thankful that God has given us the ability and the privilege to be able to believe the resurrection and the life that is the Lord Jesus Christ. A life-changing and world-changing event that took place that we celebrated last week. And then may I say, we're back again this morning. And that's why if you listen to the messages or been here for the afternoon service as we've preached through the Ten Commandments 
And as we preached a couple weeks ago about the remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy, brought it over into the New Testament. Listen, we meet on Sunday instead of Saturday because the first century church started meeting in celebration of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's why we meet on Sunday. That's why we gather. So Easter's not just one Sunday a year in celebration or in practice, but yet it's every week we ought to remember it. And that's why we come together on Sunday. But I'm thankful that the story does not end with Easter. But the Bible continues to read on. And so as we continue to read in this passage of Scripture, Easter was just the beginning of great things to come. You see, so many times we look at death as being a finality, but yet over and over as we stand beside the graves of those that have gone on before us, I'm thankful that in a lot of cases, many cases, that we can give the assurance that, listen, this is not the end, but yet there are great things that are ahead of us. And these truths are excellent. They're revealed here in this passage of Scripture. We see a word here in verse number 20 that I want you to take a look at. When I say that Easter is just the beginning, he says in verse 20, but now is Christ risen from the dead and become the, look at this word, first fruits of them that sleep. It uses the term first fruits because by definition, the very meaning of the word first fruits gives us hope and assurance that whatever the first fruits are, that it's just the beginning and there's more to come. When you think about first fruits, we can explain it this way for those that do gardening and I, I grew up doing that. I won't bore you with those stories, but uh, my dad had a rather large farm and his uh, workers and cows and mules and everything on the farm were us five kids. And so all the weeding, all the harvesting, everything that was done. But I will say this, there was something special that my dad always did. He'd always go walk through those tomato plants. And some of you can, can recognize where I'm going with this. But he always waited for that moment to be able to walk. And he saw that first fully ripe tomato. How many enjoy walking to a tomato plant and taking that first one for the year? And being able to grab that, he wouldn't go in and sanitize that all off. And uh, he always had one of those magical shirts <laughs> that no matter what the piece of fruit was, no matter what the food was, he could just rub it on his shirt and it was magically clean with no germs, no dust, no dirt whatsoever. And then I'd always remember him taking a big bite of that tomato and he'd enjoy it and he'd say, there's nothing like the first one off the vine. 
You have the first one that comes off. And listen, the Bible uses this term all the way through. In fact, one of the first mentions of it is all the way back in the middle of the book of Exodus. And it starts speaking of the first fruits. I believe it's around Exodus chapter 34. And it actually refers to this first fruits is mentioned and refers to the the offerings that we bring before the Lord as they would bring the offerings into the temple or into the tabernacle and offer them to the Lord. It was always the first fruits that the Lord said to bring in and not the leftovers that were brought in. And there's something special all the way through, but that term first fruits just by definition gives the hope and the assurance that there is more to come. Well, here when we get to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, and we celebrated this past week on Resurrection Sunday and celebrated the raising of Jesus from the dead. But as we read here, and it says that Jesus is become the first fruits, by definition, it actually means that there's more to come. It means that Jesus was not the last one that's going to raise from the dead. But by calling him the first fruits, that means that there's others that are going to raise from the dead. Now, may I say that I do not have that power today, so please do not try it in the service today, okay? As far as you keel over dead and I come by and hit you on the forehead and wake you up, that's not how it's going to happen at Granite State, okay? But there is a resurrection that's coming. And as I read down through here, I want to encourage us on this because listen, the the assurance and the truth that the scriptures give to us here of Christ raising from the dead, that's why the resurrection is of such utmost importance in our belief system of believing that Jesus physically rose from the dead. It does not just affect what we believe about Jesus, but it affects what we believe today and what our future is going to be. So he says down through here, and I want to encourage us on a few matters as we look down through 1 Corinthians 15 today. I want to encourage us, first of all, that victory over death has been secured. How many here just get tired, and uh, it's, it's okay to say you get tired of this, you just get tired of death. We, we hear about it, it seems like all around us. I received a phone call on Tuesday night as soon as we got done with the online devotion and it was the the hospital and someone was requesting a pastor to be able to come by the hospital there. And so I left and went down there and walked in and here's a dozen people that are gathered around there and the husband steps out of the room and his wife is laying there in the hospital bed and they're having to make decisions about life ending care. And he said, we're waiting on one more to be able to come. And then the decisions had to have been made. So we hung around for the next two hours as we stayed there with the family, as we had prayer, as we read some scriptures, as we fellowshiped with them, as I talked with the husband, they've been married 17 years. And as I talked with them there at the end of the bed, we all sit down and we're waiting and waiting and waiting. And finally, the last breath is taken. And we hug each other. I pray with them. We read some more scripture. Lord willing, we're still going to be able to continue to minister to the family. But can I say this? Death abounds around us constantly. 
We hear about it. You read in the newspaper. You read online. You, you see the news articles. And, and it's almost to the point that death does not shock us anymore because we know that it's coming. What are the two things that are sure in life? Death and taxes. How many will be glad when Tuesday's over with and tax day's over with? <laughs> okay? We think about these things. And we think as we try to counsel people and we try to comfort people and we try to love on people, what can we say about death? Well, I'm so thankful this morning that we can come back to the scriptures and we can say, listen, the victory of over death has been secured because of the Lord Jesus Christ. If we were to continue and read all the way down through this, listen, many times we say, well, that was Jesus that rose from the dead. And yes, that was. That's Jesus. You say, he's supernatural. He's the only begotten son of God. Yes, that's Jesus that rose from the dead. But can I encourage us? That's not just for Jesus, but the whole point of what we're reading is to be able to say that happened for Jesus and Jesus won the victory over death. Therefore, that's what we have to be able to look forward to. Can I remind us that, listen, one of these days, unless the Lord Jesus Christ comes back in the clouds and I'm taken out in the rapture, one of these days, and I don't know what day it is, but I'll walk through that valley of the shadow of death. But can I say this? According to the word of God, I already know that there's victory on the other side. I know that death is not going to defeat me for all of eternity. I'm thankful that victory over death has been secured. I'm reminded, and I'll read a couple verses to us over in Romans chapter number 5. I want us to be reminded of this. He says this in verse number 21. He says that as sin hath reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. And I say this, the victory over death has been secured. What do we have to fear? May I remind us in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse number 57, back there next to the last verse at the end of the chapter, it says, But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. You say, what victory is he speaking of? He's talking about the victory over death. That's what's been granted to us. He says it, and I wanted to read 57 first and come back to 55 and 56. What Paul is saying is, O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law, but thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, victory over death has been secured. You say, pastor, what do we have to fear then? Listen, if we don't have to fear death, then what else is there? Do you understand one of the biggest fears that's around this world? If you were to take a survey, just, just Google it and it's on the internet, you know, it's true, but just Google it about what's the greatest fear that people have today. Do you understand one of the, the number one fears is death. Now listen to this. God's taking that fear away from us. Now, I'm not fearful of dying. I will say I'm a little bit nervous on how it's going to happen. 
I'm not looking to step in front of a bus. I'm not looking to uh, uh, anything like that. I, I really don't even want to fall out of an airplane because that's just a long ways to be thinking about what's going to happen. I'd rather it be in my sleep. Listen, I'm, fe- I'm, I'm a little fearful of how it'll happen. But can I say this? I know according to the word of God that we have victory over death. You know why? Because Easter was just the beginning of it. Because I have the assurance, I have the faith, I have the confidence that comes from the scriptures, from the word of God, knowing that, listen, Jesus rose from the dead. And that sure gives me comfort, gives me victory. Our power and resurrection is through none other than the Lord Jesus Christ. Notice what he said here back in 1 Corinthians 15 and verse number 22. For as in Adam all die. How many have it out for Adam when we get to heaven? I've heard more people say, I just can't wait to get there and just give Adam a piece of my mind. Hey, listen, we're going to have a perfect mind, so you're not going to want to give any of it away when we get there. And, And let me remind us of this. If you were placed in a perfect environment and I was placed in a perfect environment, you and I would have messed it up too. Every one of us would have. We say in Adam all die, verse 22, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. Hey, listen, victory over death is secure. You say, pastor, but I'm fearful for when that day comes. Listen, we don't have to be fearful. The apostle Paul said, but I would rather to be absent from this body and to be present with the Lord. That's what we have to be able to look forward to. You say, I'm so fearful of death. Listen, can I preach some of what we did last week? Believe the resurrection. Believe what Jesus said when he said that he is the resurrection and the life in John chapter number 11. Believe him. If we will simply believe the Lord Jesus Christ, listen, then our fear will be gone because we believe him. Can I also remind us of this as we read down through, starting in verse number 24, that resurrection gives a living king to rule and reign. A living king. Look what the Bible says. In verse number 24, he says, Then cometh the end when he shall have delivered up the kingdom to God, even the Father, when he shall have put down all rule and all authority and power, for he must reign till he hath put all enemies under his feet. A living king to be able to reign? Yes. How would the scriptures be fulfilled if we did not have a resurrection? What if the resurrection was not real? Everything about the scriptures that we have waiting for us in the future, that the Lord Jesus Christ is going to come back and he's going to rule and reign for a thousand years here upon the face of the earth. How could that be true if Jesus didn't raise from the dead? How could it be? You say, well, pastor, you're just taking a lot by faith. Hey, according to the beginning of 1 Corinthians chapter 15, we have eyewitness accounts of those that saw the Lord Jesus Christ, of over 500 brethren at one time, according to the beginning of the chapter, that they saw the Lord Jesus Christ. Now you go ahead and try to convince 500 people that they didn't see Jesus. 
It's no wonder that the message of the resurrection was not squashed in the first century. There were too many witnesses to it. And it allows for a living king. Listen, there's so much that hinges throughout the scripture when it comes to believing the resurrection and what Christ has done. Because listen, if you are seated here this morning or under the sound of my voice, if you believe the resurrection, then what else do we have to fear for all of eternity? We will be with a living king and by his side for all of eternity. We have nothing to fear. It's like a test. Now think about this. Between the Lord Jesus and every other religious leader and little G God that there's ever been. Who gets to reign for a thousand years? Well, why don't we let the one that rose from the dead? Okay, who's that? It's only Jesus. Jesus is the only one that could stand up and say, well, if that's the qualification, I died, was buried, and rose again, and alive today to be able to come back for his people and to be able to say, I'll sit on the throne of David. Do you understand? Job even talked about that when that was being written about him. He said, I know my Redeemer liveth. In the latter day, he'll stand upon the earth understanding that there is a living king, there is a living savior that we can go to today. That test, it is only Christ who can pass that test of who's going to reign, the one who's alive. Go ahead and name another religious leader. Their bones are still in their grave. Hey, listen, if they don't have the power to get up and walk away from the grave, they don't have the power to be able to reign for a thousand years. And as the Bible says, to put all enemies under his feet. You say, what power does he have? Hey, listen, he has power to raise from the dead. You know as well as I do, you see someone get up and walk out of the grave under their own power. You're probably going to listen to what they're saying. You're probably going to say, yeah, I'm going to obey. If he's got the power to get up from the grave, he has the power to put me in the grave. Listen, even at the power of his voice in John chapter 11, as he stood beside the grave of Lazarus and was just able to say in three simple words, Lazarus, come forth. And he which was dead came forth. He is the resurrection and the life. Listen, victory over death has been secured. Resurrection gives a living king for us to be able to worship and to be able to rule and to be able to reign one day. But can I remind us of this also, that Easter was just the beginning and the assurance of life began assurance of life. I love verse number 26. I made reference to it here a little while ago as we read the passage of scripture. The last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. Do you understand throughout all of eternity that we're not going to be having to deal with the grief of death at all for eternity? Listen, there is not going to be a tear that comes to the eye because of the grieving and discomfort of a loved one that has just slipped off into eternity. There is not going to be the grief that would come and say, I'll never see them again. Listen, there is coming a day. The Bible describes it to us over in Revelation chapter number 20 that it says, and death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. 
Well, imagine what it's going to be like. Listen, every one of us here, I would have to say, have been touched by death in one way or another. Some of us have parents that are over on the other side. Some of us have grandparents over there. Some have children that are on the other side or siblings or or husbands or wives that are over there. And we can all recall, and listen, isn't it amazing how it comes up? I needed to, this, this week, and it was brought back afresh and anew. I had to put down on a form that I was filling out, it said, what's your mother's maiden name? Would you believe I had to, not, not to get my mother's maiden name, you, you believe I had to text my wife and ask what her middle name was? Not Crystal's, but I'm talking about my mom. What's my mom's middle name? I couldn't even remember it. Aren't you thankful that wives know everything that we need to know? We can just ask them. And I text her. And so while I was waiting for the answer, I got online and I, and I typed it in real quick just to be able to type in. And I, I gave the year of the death and the, the name and asked for an obituary. And up pops the name right there. And then, of course, connected to that was not just my mom. That was back in 1997. But then came up my dad. And they had the wrong date on that obituary find, by the way, because they couldn't read it off the headstone. And here it comes up with a picture of the headstone that's there, and I zoomed in on it. And I thought about it. It's 2018. My dad passed away and went on towards heaven. But I thought, you know, it's amazing how sometimes that can come back up on us and even grief and sorrow from the remembrance of death. And I say when we read down through here in 1 Corinthians 15, we're reminded that there is coming a day, the last enemy to be destroyed is death. It's going to be cast into the lake of fire forever and ever. And can I say when death is cast into the lake of fire, there is no more death, there is no more sorrow, tears will be wiped away shortly after that according to Revelation chapter number 21. Death will be destroyed. We have the assurance of that. And can I remind us that if there is no death, then what are we left with? Life. You say, what's the blessing of no death? If there's no death, then that means life goes on for eternity. If there is no death. And I thought, Lord, what a blessing. I said, the assurance that we have. But can I ask us this question? What good is a sacrifice if there's no resurrection of life? What good would it have been for the Lord Jesus Christ to endure all that suffering and that persecution and that crucifixion? What good would all of that have done for them just to lay his body in a grave and for us to say eternity, our eternal goodbyes to Jesus? What good would that sacrifice have made? Can I say that wasn't the end of the story? It was just the beginning. You see, we sang it last week, up from the grave he arose. We know that Christ the Lord is risen today. That sacrifice was not made in vain. And can I remind us that a life that we live today is worth living because there's a resurrection from the dead. Because we have an assurance that Jesus is coming back and that we'll spend all of eternity with him. What you do in this life matters. I'm not just living my life to try to fill it with good deeds because there's, there's no hope for the future whatsoever. Listen, that's not the assurance that I have. Because if Christ rose from the dead, he's just the first fruits. 
which means, listen, as the first fruits came, that means there's going to be a regular harvest that's coming behind it. Now, understand this, and I want you to see this. The Bible says in verse number 23, but every man, speaking of the resurrection, but every man in his order, Christ the first fruits, afterward, they that are Christ's. There's an apostrophe S yes, there, which means you belong to him at his coming. You say, Pastor, boy, I'm sure looking forward to the resurrection. The first resurrection that Christ is the first fruits of, he's the first fruits of those that are his. And you see, if you're seated here this morning and you do not belong to Christ and you are not a child of God, oh, I thought we were all God's children, not according to the Bible. The Bible says in the book of John chapter 1, but as many as believe him, to them gave he the power to become the sons of God. Not to just every person that's walking upon the face of the earth, but is to those that believe the Lord Jesus Christ. You say, well, what do we have to believe? Well, if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. And boy, I'm so thankful to be able to stand before you and be able to say, listen, I belong to Christ this morning. I belong to him, not a doubt in my mind. You say, how do you know that? Because I believed what the Bible has said. I believe that Jesus died for my sin. I believe he paid the penalty. He paid a debt that I could not owe, that I could not pay. And can I remind you that he paid a debt for you too? And he paid a sin debt that, listen, that you can't pay. But every one of us owe it. But Jesus paid for it. And I wonder, I just wonder, if you've accepted the price and the penalty and the provision of the Lord Jesus Christ that he's already made available to each and every one of us, or I wonder if it'll just go unclaimed by someone sitting here in Granite State Baptist Church. You see, the picture is this, as we look down through the scriptures, the picture is this, that Jesus, he says he's the head of the body, that he's the head of the church, and he rose first. And him being called the first fruits means that there's others that are coming after him. I want to explain it this way. Joe, would you come up here for a minute? I've already cleared this with him. I, he, he knows what we're going to do. I want you to lay down right here, if you would. Just lay down right on your back, okay? Now, can I encourage us with this, and you get a picture of it, okay? And I know some may not be able to see it over here. I can't lay him up on top of the pulpit right there. I can lay him on the altar. But I want to encourage us with this, <clears throat> That as it says that Jesus is the first fruits. <clears throat> and I want you to keep in mind that whenever someone is getting up, listen, the head always comes up first. And then the body follows. And so if I were to ask Joe to be able to get up just like he's being raised from the dead right now, you said, Pastor, you said you're not going to do that. He's still breathing. This is just a picture right now, okay? If I were to say, Joe, would you go ahead and get up right now? Go ahead and get up. His head comes up first. Hold on, get back down. We're going to need to do that again so you can see that. Listen, his head comes up first, and the Bible says that Christ is the head of the body, that Christ is the head of the church, and he's the first fruits of the resurrection. And so what's taking place? Listen, you don't say you got up in the morning because your head came up a little bit. 
How many have been laying there in bed and you pick your head up and you say, that's enough, I'm putting it back down. You cannot honestly say you got up. But the first fruits of the resurrection, when the head gets up, it gives the assurance that there is more that's coming. And as Joe were to get up, his head gets up first. It's natural progression. You can get all the way up now. Thank you. It's natural progression. You want to finish the message? Go ahead. (laughs) It's natural progression. Listen natural progression. If Jesus is the head and he's the first fruits and he rose from the dead, it is only natural that the rest of the body is going to raise up. And listen, that's us. Those that are Christ, the body of Christ is going to raise from the dead. Listen, he has not separated himself from the body. He is still the head. And he said, I just rose first. And then here comes the rest of the body. It may be a couple thousand years that we're waiting on that. And I've got some. I looked at that gravestone this week. It pulled up on that picture on the internet. And I saw that. And I said, that's my mom and dad's headstone that's laying right there. I said, there's coming a day. Listen, I know the head's already raised from the dead. And I said, one of these days, listen, the rest of the body's going to raise up. And we're forever going to be with the Lord. You see, Easter was just the beginning that every one of those loved ones that have gone on before us that have died in Christ, there is a resurrection that's coming. Victory over death has been secured. Resurrection ensures and gives a king that is able to reign. The assurance of our life for eternity began at Easter. And I'm so thankful as we look forward to those days. Listen, even New Hampshire, can I remind us of this? Our state motto, live free or die. But do you know the rest of the story? The end of the motto, live free or die, as death is not the worst of evils. That's the rest of the story. And I thought how true it is for us as a believer to say, listen, death may be coming, but that's not the end of the story. Jesus rose from the dead. We have full assurance today. Listen, if I pass through the valley of the shadow of death, you can rest assured, listen, I'm with my Savior. And one of these days, the rest of the body is going to get a catch up with the head. And we're going to forever be with the Lord. I want to remind us that the Bible says for those that are Christ's. Now, this is encouraging news for those of us that know we're a child of God. Is that you today? If it's not then boy, I would get it settled and I would get in the family of God. (laughs) I would trust Christ and say, God, I want to be part of that body, the body of Christ, and trust you as my personal Lord and Savior. And Lord, I'm in. Not based on my works, not based on how good I can do, not based being part of the church, but just understanding, hey, I'm trusting Christ. Believing that he died for us, 
that he was buried, and that he rose again. And because he rose, all rise also.